So, Luke, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, man, I could not be better. I tried to be better earlier. Couldn't. Did work. Nothing's happened. I was like, oh, crap. My life is horrible. I can't be better. Peaked. Yeah, man. So what are you doing? What do you got going on? Anything new? Anything exciting? Or is it just same old boring late 30s Luke? Uh, no, it's, it's a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything? Grad school's in full swing. Uh, j- what are you learning about now? Accounting? Nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually used the accounting stuff a bit. Uh, nonprofit uh, law, which has been very interesting. I can tell you all about the... Uh, uh, about the non-distribution clause or whatever. Oh, sorry, the non-distribution constraint. I apologize. Please do. <laughs> so, Gomer, what that means is that for, uh, basically it's what really the one main thing that distinguishes a nonprofit from everything else is that the uh, excess profits cannot be distributed to the stakeholders. And any sort of pay or anything that comes that comes out because of that cannot be excessive. Hmm. Case in point, so if you make an extra $100,000, you just can't increase a person's um, salary the following year by $100,000. And I say that's crap. <laughs> it is a thing where it's like, oh, did I choose the wrong industry? <laughs> when you hear that, it's like, wait, wait. So I'm not going to make money is what is what you're saying. And they're like, oh, 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 no, sir. I had a guy try to convince me to make lay evangelists a nonprofit so that I could accept donations. And I was like, cool. And he said, yeah, you know, a lot of nonprofits, you know, they survive by the donations of a handful of people who really believe in the mission. And I was like, cool. I said, but I really want to make as much money as I can with the, like, the talks. Like, I don't want to have to worry about, like, in my mind, a nonprofit was like, money went to the organization, not to the individual. And I just want pass-through. Like, if I make more, and he goes, listen, you could become a multimillionaire with a nonprofit. And maybe... Maybe that's what you should look at. And I was like, all right, this conversation took a wrong turn. I just want to get all the money that people are giving me. I'm not in it, to, you know, like, no, I don't know. So I kind of, I, I I lost track of it. He's right, actually. I mean, you can. You just have to have people be like, hey, this, like, uh, you'd have to have a board. The board could be like, uh, like say, um, you and Shannon and, oh, let's just say me. And uh, <laughs> I'd be like, that's too high, Gormley. And he'd be like, well, they would be like, yes, and I'm, you have to pay me to be on this board, which, as a nonprofit, you can do. You can pay board members? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that why so, uh, so many U.S. military or former U.S. military generals are on the boards of uh, weapons manufacturers and such and so forth so that they can continue to beat the war drums and make that cash money? Well, I mean, are the weapons uh, manufacturing groups, are they nonprofits? No, they are for profit. Yeah, no. So, but I mean, you just, you just can't plot twist. You just <laughs> I can't distribute uh, said profits. So you could already have a set rate. Where it's like, hey, you know what? If you're going to be on a board, you get paid. You know, f- let's just say it's a huge thing, eighty thousand dollars a year. Okay, well, is that excessive for what you're doing? It's like, well, actually, it involves X amount of work. You're producing X amount of value. And you go, oh, okay, no, it's fine. So it's really it's it, it's I, I I think I mean honestly I think he's right like you can make millions doing that and there's no like you're just creating yeah a that's f- what he said he said people people misunderstand nonprofit they think nonprofit means no one makes any money or you 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 work on like subsistence wages and he's like no you can be a millionaire yeah I was like oh yeah and there's no okay. reason why you shouldn't be to be honest with you like oh I can think of three reasons why number one uh, I would immediately fall into debauchery. Mm, uh, number true. two, I would spend large quantities of my hundreds of thousands of dollars 
on big ticket items that mean nothing to me <laughs> after a couple years. Like, Shannon, I think we could be, uh, we could homestead. We could be like Wiffle Tree Farms. I've watched some YouTube videos. We could homestead. I've got like a mini house in the back. It'll be great. It's called um, Shannon. I built a tiny house out of seventeen vans. I bought a fleet of vans. I turned them all into tiny houses, and I've bankrupted our family. And it only took five now, years. And you might go, but Gomer and I, I. Can we get back to Shannon calling you Gomer? It's still weird what she calls. You guys have been married for a while, and every time that she does it, I'm like, Shannon, stop it! You married Gomer, not Michael. Um, yeah. Come on, Michael died years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I when I was meeting with our accountant this past week, which I um, I ha- had to talk to you about. Uh, I mean, all good, good, all good stuff. Uh, I was like, I called, I called you, um, Gomer, but I was like, oh, sorry, Michael. <laughs> Me and Aaron laughed and laughed. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm here to to talk about a sponsor that is back, and they are better than ever. I'm here to tell you about Curo. CMF Curo is a Catholic healthcare ministry that provides families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. CMF Curo partners with one of the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministries so that its members can share their medical burdens in community. How cool is that? At CMF Curo, members also invest in their whole health with access to a spiritual director. That's amazing. Concierge services and health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Go to to mycatholichealthcare.com that's mycatholichealthcare.com to learn more about CMF Curo that's again the fact they have access to a spiritual director that is that is very very cool I would encourage you guys as well follow them over on social media they're they're actually a non-profit foundation that began in 19, um, 1997 dedicated to sharing the love of God and healthcare through defending religious freedom and healthcare and building Christ-centered Catholic healthcare options that serve the church the lady the poor and the vulnerable on Facebook and on um, um, social media at cmfcuro that's at cmfcuro and again you can you can find out more about them by, by going to mycatholichealthcare.com thank you once again long time um, sponsor back and better than ever cmf curo for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes okay so this is funny this is funny this just happened last week i've had to write several very strongly worded emails to parishioners that break my heart when I have to go like full out, you know, like they're writing angry emails. So I have to, you know, load both barrels and fire them. And whenever I did, I had written the email. It's one of those emails that it takes you an hour to write like two paragraphs, mm-hmm. you know, cause you keep rewriting it. No. And, mm, and am I coming on too strong here? Am I coming, coming on too softly here? And, uh, I, I rewrote it. Where I wrote Mr. and their last name, even though I was on a first name basis. And then I signed it, Mr. Michael Gormley. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. I swears. <laughs> uh, no, no. Don't judge fine. me. You're fine. I, I mean, I am. But no, but getting back to, to this idea, like, really quick about the, the, the whole thing is that it goes back into, like, what, what you are doing it. If you're doing it well, you're doing a thing that people want, and it's not a thing that they can necessarily consume, but something that they want to give to because they want to see more of it. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's a good. It's a like a. It's for the like what you're doing is for the betterment of um, a society. 
Like it's with that intention. And there's nothing wrong with making money off of that if what you're doing is really, really good. It's and a weird no. Like yeah. they know what you're doing. Like Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, full transparency, you know, you would have to do a um nine ninety, yeah. like you'd have to do all like there's there's nothing um nine ninety. Where that basically is where you say, "Hey, here's what we're spending all of our money on, and like how much the yeah. top people make." Uh, and, and I was thinking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he goes nine times, nine ninety. <laughs> no, okay, moving along. Sorry, sorry, I love you, buddy. Keep going. Wait, how does it go? Wow. <laughs> uh, the thing that oh, I always used bro. to do from Ferris. Uh, <laughs> Bueller's when I taught, and if the kids were like clearly bored because I had gone on for too long, I'd be like, "Does anyone have any questions?" They would just kind of stop, and I'd go, "Bueller, Bueller, yeah. Bueller." Oh wow, Luke, that's so inventive as an educator. It, no other teacher has ever done that. In oh, the history how would you know of humanity? How would you oh, know? I know. I'm a nerd. I watch lectures on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd over the podcast. That means I assume things. I make assumptions. I make assumptions. My generalities dictate ninety. Generalities and anecdotes dictate ninety-five percent of what I do, and the rest is made-up statistics, like ninety-five percent. I thought about if we should make Catching Foxes a non-profit or not. I just like that sweet, sweet money. Patreon.com/slash/cf. That's Patreon.com/slash/cf. Do you want to give? Actually, I want to give a big shout out to our our Discord. People seem to love it. There's been multiple comments saying this is their favorite one. I love it. And the memes alone are incredible. So, the memes alone are worth it. Yeah, the seriously, just give two dollars a month for those memes. Uh, Listen, here's the funniest thing: is I go in there, I save the memes to my desktop, I fire up Apple Messages, and then I just start shooting it out to all my friends who don't have Android phones, and they all laugh and they laugh, <laughs> and we're all giddy. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what's going on in there right now. Uh, Oh, there's more stuff going on in the memes. There's a board game. Oh, they're talking about board games. And now, <laughs> now there's a person. Uh, <laughs> so a person just posted a meme that says, wait, is that Luke? And it's a meme that says, being a dad isn't just about fashion. It's about having um, something you can carry around to prove that you've had sex. And it's like a dude holding a baby <laughs> with uh, those um, white shoes that like uh, have an N on them. And this is absolutely something that I would do. Everything about this, I new, will text this to you. New Balance? Yes, New Balance. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez. That's a standard dad shoe. Standard dad uh, shoe. My favorite pair of shoes, actually, were these gray um, New Balance's shoes. Because I have, on my feet, I have what's called a Soup Nation or Super Nation or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. And uh, it means my feet. Were- I don't know, but I love how you ran out of air while you said that yeah, word. Yeah, uh, I did. Did I there? Soup Nation? Dude, you are, you're... You're you're oh here we go. I just got your text. There you click, go. Click 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 click. Boo 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 boo. <laughs> oh, that's the album art. <laughs> okay, we're, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna save or copy, and we're gonna find Shannon Gormley, and then we're gonna paste. <laughs> and now she too will enjoy the memes of catching fox. <laughs> She's like the one friend that I have. Ah, she has that. Full stop. End of sentence. She's the one friend that you have. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh well, um, no, she's the one friend that I think that I would, uh, if we were all to be in like a hotel for some reason, and if uh, said uh, sex were to happen, uh, let's say we're we're like like a wedding. I, I don't. Would, hmm? 
I don't like where this conversation is no, going. No, no, just all. hear me out. Hear me out. Oh my god, if we're all at a wedding, and I okay. have marital relations with what? my spouse. I would send you and Shannon a text message that said, "Guess what okay. I did? I think I've done this before, actually." Yes. <laughs> now yes. that I, I we have both done this it. to each other, <laughs> we have both done this we to have. each other. Shortly <laughs> after we were married, we sent the meme of uh, of the animated GIF from Saturday Night Live. I just had sex. Where the airplane writes it in the sky, and there's Andy <laughs> Samberg and the rest of the. But have we yeah. done it in the text in the text group with you, me, and Shannon, or has it just been the two of us? Probably just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, you and I. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, we're great, aren't aren't we? Together, we can do anything. Yeah. Oh, you know what we've become? Hmm. No, no, no. Let me finish this thought because I'm going to lose it. I have been making my watch my wife watch um, Community. And we just got onto season three yesterday, and now we're about halfway through it. I've heard it's wonderful. I've only watched a few episodes. Yeah, I have always loved Community, and Brian uh, Kelsch and Jonathan Alexander used to watch it. But I realized that when me and you are at our best, we are borderline Troy and Abed, at least in my heart. <laughs> yeah, of their, their I've, thought, I've thought that too. But un- unlike a fake morning TV show, Troy and Abed in the morning, we actually have a podcast called Catching Foxes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, here's a comment that I was going to make Luke and I- Gomer in the evening. We record after a very long day. Yeah, uh, we do. I don't think, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, I feel like people aren't getting our best. I mean, they are getting our best selves because we're getting our, like, we're pouring ourselves in. And we're, we just pour ourselves out in, into this. But uh, it, sometimes I'm, our people get the best of what's left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're the bush light of Catholic podcast. <laughs> the bush you scrape apple. off on the sides and you mix it with, oh, with other stuff. And you're some really cheap beer. But, you know, it's like the kids kind of like it. I posted a picture of Shannon watching NASCAR on Sunday, and uh, one of the guys was watching it. I can't remember who. Man, I, w- I should have had the website up. But he said on Patreon, he said, uh, it's like something like, this is great, this and Bushlight Apple. And I lost it because every commercial break, the first commercial was for Bushlight Apple. Like it was an apple-flavored <laughs> Bushlight. And I thought... What could be worse than that? And I found out what worse than that is. Corona hard seltzer spiked sparkling water. My <laughs> wife bought it tonight. <laughs> Corona. It is horrific. Oh, uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> I just saw that one of our patrons decided to stop supporting us because of the uh tlm stuff now here's the funny thing luke and i have to bring this up and i've been thinking about this all day you made the comment that the tlm is not magic your argument was it's not magically going to save us and everyone pretending like snapping back into the tlm or the extraordinary form the ef and the tlm is going to magically just like fix everything wrong with the church To which I agree, because there is no such thing as a silver bullet. There's nothing that replaces evangelization. There's nothing that replaces discipleship. While at the same time, I feel like you went out of your way to say, this is not all traditionalists. This is not all all people that go to the Latin Mass or even remotely think that. You even had your buddy Lucas, who apparently is in Cincinnati, that goes to the traditional Latin Mass. And you yourself go to Old St. Mary's when you were in St. Louis, I said. One of the most... 
it's run by the orators, who's one of the people who are, I believe, yeah. like protected in the, 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 yeah, they do the whole, yeah, it's the yeah. whole thing. It's so all backwards you, and whatever. But a, a lot of people still, because I think everyone's so sensitive, especially after the Pope's motu proprio, so many people are so sensitive, about, and rightfully so. And yeah, one yeah, of our patrons yeah, fair, said, yeah, yeah. One of, and the, here's the sad thing is, me and you actually recorded an incredibly angry episode <laughs> that maybe I'll release. I don't know how to release it. I don't know how to release it because I couldn't edit it when it came out. But you were incredibly angry about the Pope's uh, motu proprio on uh, traditiones custodiones. Anywho. On curtailing the traditional Latin mass, mm-hmm. so I think I think some of it was mi- miscommunicated. But you were talking about the mass for ages, and one of our youth ministers had sent me a link to the video, and I said, "I have no idea what this is," and I watched the first five minutes because um, then I got interrupted. But Luke, this is the most ironic thing in the face of the earth. Okay, this is what I wanted to ask you all day since I saw that video. The opening for the mass of ages video is the most Luke opening I could possibly imagine if someone gave you $50,000 and said, make an introduction to the Latin Mass. It's literally filled with Joe Rogan, John Mulaney, Jimmy Fallon. And it's just <laughs> filled with pop culture quotes where they like throw out these side comments about the Latin I'm like, oh my God, there's an extended John Mulaney bit. Did they listen to our show before making this thing? Fans of the show have heard how crazy my life is right now, especially when it comes to my neighborhood. I don't know how it happens, but all the crazy in my neighborhood seems to be attracted to me, or rather I to it. And it's kind of put my family in a little bit of uh, physical danger, you can say. So I have taken a deep, dark plunge into home security, and one name above all keeps bubbling up to the top for nerds that want to do it yourself like me, and that is Simply Safe. One of the biggest trade-offs for home security is the balance between power and protection with ease of use. I mean, let's be honest. How many of us have friends who have those big, sophisticated, wired in-home systems where they have to set the code and then run out the door as this clock is ticking down before their system goes active? Or people who walk in their homes with grocery bags and accidentally trigger their alarm because they couldn't put their stuff down in time just to turn the stupid keypad off. Well, guess what? The folks over at Simply Safe have a wonderful piece of technology that I wish I would have thought of. It's a wireless key fob. You keep it with your key fob. You can turn it off. You can arm it, disarm it, or you can trigger it all from your key fob so you don't have to be fumbling around with 500 things. You have your keys with you, you get out of the car, you disarm it, you put it in your pocket, you grab your groceries, you walk in. No more sprinting to the wall as a beeping noise goes off counting down when the police and fire and medical are going to come rushing to your door because you didn't want to drop your carton of eggs. So head on over to simplysafe.com slash foxes and you can find out more about their wireless outdoor security camera, the sick key fob that I think is an absolute and more parents they even have options of monitoring your cabinet doors i'm telling you this is important head on over to simplysafe.com slash foxes and you're going to get 20 percent off your entire new system and your first month monitoring service free when you enroll in active monitoring again that's simplysafe.com slash foxes thanks to our friends at simply safe for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes Hey, man, how was the football game? You know, high school football is a wonderful thing. It is. It brings the community together. I, I Still innocent. <laughs> yeah, okay. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> Somewhat. innocent about it. No, but I, All right. 
No, I mean, there's... <laughs> Backtracking. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's innocence. There's, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. I was I'm thinking about this when I was thinking about the U.S. men's game last, last night. It's so fun because it's just a thing for people to really get behind pretty easily. And it, I think in a weird way, because American soccer isn't the... It's not the predominant sport in the country. Uh, Thank God. Go on. <laughs> it's, you just don't have this, like... Um, it's kind of easy for people to to you know come together and enjoy it and find a very quick bond, and that I mean that's kind of true with I think any sort of common interest thing, sports, um, um, movies, hobbies, tool, you know, whatever. Like uh, people build careers around commenting on those things. Uh, you know, <laughs> hello, <laughs> you know, um, it. Uh, <laughs> but there's something about when you know it's a small town and people are coming together and they just like being around each other and you know it's they're they've been doing it. F- for decades and there's obviously uh it's easy to see the bad side of that which is something like what uh you know well like a friday night lights can kind of get into where it's like they're talking about the team on the radio constantly that's a bit weird in, in my opinion but when it's good it's really really good so how long was this the opening game of the season for y'all second third game? no what third third game uh was the second home game we had them so we're a little bit interesting because Catholic high school in small town America. We actually share and we split the uh, town's football stadium with the public high school. We put up, you know, just as much money as they did, I think 10 years ago or something. So anyways, long story short, the school we were supposed to do an away game at had to restay. Couldn't do it that night because we couldn't do a home game. So we had to move it to a Saturday night. For some, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. Long story short, game was supposed to be on a Saturday night at the school that we were playing. They couldn't do it on a Saturday night. Some stuff came up over the summer. We couldn't do it at where we typically played because the other high school had a game there. So we had to do it on our uh, field, which just requires like we have to get we have to I'm get a generator and we have to like you know we have to bring in like like we have to do a lot more work in order to make that happen. Yeah, and it did. It did. It just. It just. It was just more work, and then some stuff uh, went down right before I left. Where it was like, "Crap, am I gonna have to?" St-? That's why I called you to see if maybe we could like, like I don't know what to do because I might have to stay here till like twelve. But um, uh. one of my coworkers stepped in because she could tell that I was like, "I, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me right now because of all the stuff I've going on right right now." And so she was like, "Don't worry about it. Like, I'll stay. You just owe me." I'm like, "Deal." So. And now here I am talking to my Gomer, talking to I was I, I was gonna, I tried to I was going to say Gormley and then I just went with Gomer, so it came across very weird. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know it. Uh, right now, literally going on all around my house is a little girl birthday party. That sounds horrible. Uh, whenever my whenever my kids hit their so, so this is going to sound very pretentious, but in our mode of being anti-consumer driven psychopaths. For our birthdays, we usually it usually revolves around dinner with family mm-hmm. and friends, and that's it. Until they hit their tenth and their sixteenth, tenth, sixteenth, eighteenth, we're gonna make those extra special. But for us, extra special is a sleepover and more junk food than you can possibly handle, and that's it, right? Because in the woodlands, it is very easy. To tip the scales and go full nuts. Oh, right? yeah, and there sure. are parents yeah. who every year drop two or three thousand dollars on a four or five year old. <sighs> and I, you know, and the median income of the Woodlands is about one hundred five thousand a year, probably one hundred ten now. But um, I would never, 
in a, my kids are not at all worth that much. They are not. No, sir. So for us, what we do is um, smoke a lot of weed. We smoke a lot of weed on the first. Wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. No. <laughs> so Sleep. in the morning, they wake up. We The night before, me and Shannon stay up. We put the kids to bed early. We decorate. Whoever is the birthday, so our kids share a room. If it's like a boy's birthday or girl's birthday, they get to stay up a little bit later in their rooms and stuff. But we decorate the downstairs. They come downstairs together with the birthday boy or girl leading. And then we take video of them as they open up their you know three or four presents. And then we all have a breakfast that they want together. And then daddy takes whoever it is out on a date. Or it's just, you know, me and the girls, me, or me and the birthday boy or birthday girl. And it's so fun. It's become this family tradition. Then we go out for ice cream and we, like, have this whole set thing. And then we go over grandmoms and we do the evening family birthday party. And every so often we'll have, like, friends come over and whatnot for the birthday. But we, we try to make it about the family. But 10, big deal. And we don't let our kids spend the night over at people's houses. I think we're going to do that, too. Yeah, this is the first time that we've let kids spend the like that wasn't like an emergency right that let we were letting people spend the night over here and this is also the last day that shannon can be around people she has to go into a hard quarantine for the next uh seven days um she has to take like multiple covid tests throughout the week before her surgery on friday so this is like still the saga um it'll be a month and a week later after we lost our baby that she has to get a, a partial hysterectomy. Oh, God, and uh, sorry. right. So it's awful. It's awful. But like <sighs> I don't need to make the show about that. It's it's a whole lot of craziness because now she's on quarantine. I feel like you when your wife had to do all this stuff and it's like, well, I have to take up I have to keep doing all the stuff I was doing yeah. and I have to do all the more stuff. It's hor- and you've so got it's like it's, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Really. I mean well, it's horrible. <laughs> it truly is. Not only this, but but literally last week we changed their Volleyball or their volleyball, their um, what do you call it? What do you call it? Gymnastics schedule where all four of them were from nine to ten on Saturday, and now it's on Monday from six to eight, two girls back to back, six to seven, seven to eight, and on Thursday, the boys are back to back, five to six, six to seven. So it's like it annihilates dinner, and then all of the ministries that I am now in charge of kick off that week, kick off on the 12th. So my wife has surgery on the 10th. If everything goes well, we'll be home that evening. I'm not allowed in recovery, so she has to just deal coming out of the medication and all this stuff, and I'm not allowed anywhere near there, so it's like a two-hour recovery. And if everything goes well, they'll do a consult. I'll be able to come in. I'll take her, and then we'll go home. But um, that, that the 11th, I'm just straight chilling. I'm doing nothing. And then the 12th, I hit the ground running, and I don't stop until the 15th. Like, I'm launching... Every youth ministry program, every um, I'm the person talking at all the parent teacher conferences or parent conferences, parent meetings. Um, I'm talking for all the teachers to all the parents on behalf of the teachers. <laughs> on behalf of the teachers. Yeah, so I'm doing, but it's five of them because our, our group, we have 1,300 people for faith formation that go to faith formation every week at my parish. 1,300 children. Yeah, and I'm in charge of all of it. And we used to have five more people on staff who were full time, and now none of them are. So I'm going a little nuts. I'm going a little nuts. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Going a little yeah, nuts. I'm- I got to take my kids to all their doctor's appointments. So I got to like, I'm going to go to work at seven. 
I'm going to come home, you know, for the half hour drive from work to home, get the kid, take them to their hour appointment, drive them back home and then drive back to work in the middle of the day, you know? So it's all this like little crazy stuff like that. But my wife was able to switch some appointments to like phone calls instead of in-person stuff. So good Lord, it's exhausting. It's about to get real, Lukey Duke, but my, my in-laws are coming to town. So, so that's a thing. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, they're coming in the night before. It'll be good. <sighs> it'll it'll be good. Yeah, yeah it um, oh. um, Shannon's mom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I couldn't resist. No, you are not. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> I'm so there's, there's such serious things in the world going on right now. And as soon as you said, I was like, should I go into this? Should I go into this really serious thing? And, or, or <laughs> let's take it in a different way. Ah, attractive mothers. Um, yeah, it, it, um, I don't know if this is just our lives now. I, I've been busy before. I've had some, like, for me, this is like, you are in a, I mean, I, I can attest, you are, you are a markedly, I don't know if that's a word. I feel like I'm in this phase now where I'm saying things and I'm like, is that a word? Whatever. Um, more busy than I have ever uh, seen you before. As a person who, uh, like, like you're genuinely like, it's harder for us to do stuff, which is fine. It's 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 fine. I can just like I can just tell that you are busier than you have been. Uh, I'm going through like the same thing. Like I was just uh, talking to Aaron about some stuff that I've going on for work, and I'm like, I I don't get a and with work and school and life, I'm like, I don't really get any days off. So, for example, we have a major, major event at my school. On, it's called the Harvest Auction. Please go buy buy a t- ticket, um, buy, buy a, a whole bunch of stuff on October 22nd. Then we have a football game, a home football game that I have to go to on the 23rd. Then I have class on the 24th and then on the 25th. Now, you might go, Luke, that's not that bad. But I'm like, no, no, you've got to understand. Harvest auction, I work the whole day. It's like eight to one kind of a thing, you know, like at like eight in the morning till like till one AM. It's a it's a very, very, very big deal. And yeah. then um and I have all this other stuff going on and I it's just it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go like three like I'm because of school, I always have something every day. Every single day I have something that is intense or I need to give a lot of attention to or something like that. And it just gets to a point where I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I actually have started to run because I just once a week because it has helped me out so much. Yeah. I was getting so overwhelmed and I was eating like crap and I was just doing all sorts of things that are just not good for Luke's for like Luke's body. Um, and uh, like, you know, I'll be honest, I like picked up I'm smoking again. And uh, it was the last time I did this very. Did you yeah, really? I did. Recently? Yeah, I was. I've been getting so oh, okay. stressed out. And I was out with some friends, and they we went to a bar, and they had some cigarettes. And I was like, you know what? I always enjoyed. I always enjoyed the occasional um, doing that with friends, just especially after I'm drinking. And I was like, oh yeah, this is this is real nice. And so I just started like <laughs> buying it, and I would come home, and every night I've been going on a walk around eleven o'clock at night, and I've been smoking, and listening to and walking and smoking, and I've actually and it's. Not good for you, but I've been so unbelievably overwhelmed that um, 
and I don't think the state of the world helps. I think that's been a big, big part of it as well. And I'm seeing some – now, this, what I'm seeing people go through isn't I'm nearly as awful as going through them. But I'm seeing people that I know in my life, friends, go through, go through some really, really hard things. And yeah. COVID, on top of that, and sort of the resurgence of it and all this horrible stuff. You know, I have a friend out in, who has a family out in um, Houston – and, uh, you know, her um, brother-in-law died. And it was just, like, really awful to hear how it happened. And I don't know if it's exactly due to, due to COVID, but COVID certainly did not help. And then how cut off the family was from that was just – it was just so heartbreaking to witness this person experience that. And I want to try to be careful here. Uh, just, but um, – and it was heartbreaking to hear about, you know, and just, like – and it just, like, adds – it's just like every week there's some story about like a lot of people I know have been getting uh, COVID again recently. And that's been not people I've been interacting with, but people I know. And I just yeah. feel like, I feel like the world is kind of on edge right now. Cause everyone's just like, crap. Is, oh, is yeah. this like me and Aaron, were just kind of talking like, why are we so on edge all the time? And it's just, and I'm seeing you guys go through stuff. And like, we've certainly had our share of difficult things over the past couple of months that I can't really go into, but, um, it like, I'm, do you think this is just life, or is there something else going? Not, not something else going on, but or is this just? Are we all kind of in like a weird a season because of whatever? I mean, we are living, we are living in a bizarre time. Like, I can't think of it in any other way. I know everyone probably felt that way about their time, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I I am I am in a it's it's crazy for me but so what i've tried to do you know this goes along with my like not watching the news the most news i've watched was last week because about uh hurricane ida and all the poor people in louisiana but originally we thought it was going to be coming for us last week and you know there's all this like freaking out and relief and then you feel bad that you have relief because all these people are going to get it and it's so it's so crazy to hear like, I know what people sound like who consume cable television news 24-7. And I know that when I was reading news a lot, I sounded like that and acted like that. So I have a a bigger sense of detachment. And I'm happy for that because I'm able to just deal with my family crap that is heavier than I think I could have bear, bore if I was reading stuff about Afghanistan and Joe Biden going against the Texas pro-life legislation and, you know, stuff I hear about, but I don't, I'm not like, you know. So for me, I, I have carved out a reservoir of sanity. and I've carved out at least a place without anxiety in my otherwise insanely anxious life. But we are in edgy times, man. I feel like I haven't been able to do that. To yeah. I, really, I, I think that's one of the things that's been kind of tough. I, I think uh, so. Funny story. Um, this is the second podcast we've recorded this week. <laughs> and, one, and one of the I'm so sorry. And one of the things I can I just tell you how much I appreciate you as a friend, really, really quick. Go for it, please. Because like I was please. losing my shit. 
And like you saw me just yes. like lose my shit because you were like, I thought we were like intensely arguing, and you're like, you're at an eleven. I'm like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and I love you because you're one of the few people in my life that I feel like was could be able to push back argue but then be very empathetic and not hold it against me at least that's what you're saying that you're not doing <laughs> who knows you could really be doing it oh man I, I i created a a new twitter handle that i'm not telling anyone and i've just been tweeting against you every <laughs> ever since that no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my gosh um and one of the things at one point i thought luke is so mad right now this might be the end of the show. I, I felt that. I felt like I honestly did because I felt like I was just like, if everyone hates me now, I don't care anymore. Like, that's what I felt. <laughs> I truly felt like, like, hate me. Just go ahead. Do it. Like, whatever. Like, like do it. Like, do it. If there was ever a moment where I was just like, let's just kill this whole thing and just leave me alone. Like, uh, it was that moment. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Which is funny because I think I would still do it with you, but uh, go on. <laughs> but it it was um, one of the things that I brought up was like that's been such a difficult thing for me is I feel like I have no home in the church right now, and I started feeling this a couple of months ago, and I remember talking with our friend uh, Paul about this, and when I was out at Notre Dame, just being like I. You know, um, I go to I go I go to mass, and I struggle with like the way people do their um, liturgy. And then I go to this other, or but then like when I want to go to something more traditional, I just have such a hard time with a lot of the attitudes of people who are involved with that. Not all, but just like just the predominant noise that comes out of it. And it really feels alienating. Like it truly, fe- I just feel so. Um, just alienated. I don't know how, and like it's like my one place where I could kind of always go to is now. I feel like a stranger in a strange land, and I'm like, what do I? And I, it's so. I think that's one reason why I got so mad at like during 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 last week's thing was because I was just like one thing that's really broken my heart about all of this. I don't even know what I mean by this, but just like kind of the infighting of the church right right now is um, it doesn't have to be like this. Like, there was not... This is, I mean, before, like, Modus, you know, potpourri thing or whatever it's called came out, it was just people getting mad, I felt like. for Not, not for no reason, but there wasn't some, like, great thing that caused it. It was just something that was boiling over. And in hindsight, it seems like it was coming all along. But it, I just remember being like, why are we even doing this? Like, why are people watching Taylor Marshall? Why do people even give church militant the time of day? Why are we doing this? And it, and it's just, and this whole thing, how this, and I'm not, again, I'm going to stop now because I'm, I'm just starting to ramble. But when you don't have, like, everyone needs, like, uh, I think for me, probably the one, um, like, um, a sanctuary I have, like, is soccer right, right now. And it's probably why all I've been listening to have been soccer podcast like that's practical also because the u.s hasn't just started the qualification uh, uh stuff and it's been wild but i just don't have this like i just i i i am envious that you have that sorry i'm done now <sighs> 
Yeah, the oh man. Um, are you just sighing because you're like, God, I have to edit that? <laughs> no, I'm sighing because I don't know. Um, like I keep con. Uh, we all here's the funny thing. We all do things that we know are a little bit self destructive, but it's small enough self destructive, and it also gives us enough pleasure that you know I like pleasure spiked with pain kind of thing. That we have this tolerance for certain types of self-destruction right mm-hmm. and there are things that we like I, I always think of that documentary six days about south park where oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy is like day four and they have like literally 10 minutes of a movie of a show and the show's set to air live in six days and at one point they see him and he's eating mcdonald's and he <laughs> camera goes in and he's all alone and I think it's Trey Parker, and he's eating, or Trey, whatever. And he's eating McDonald's, and the camera goes up to him. He's like, why are you eating this? He goes, listen, I know I'm going to feel like crap in two hours. But for right now, this makes me happy, so can you just leave me alone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think there's, I think that, like, I think that's people's, we have attitudes with that, with a lot of stuff. Like, that's my attitude towards binge-watching YouTube at 10 o'clock at night. My wife goes to bed at 9.30. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lay in bed and think about all the horrible crap going on in my life right now. I don't want to do that. It makes me very, very sad. I get sad. Shannon gets angry. So I don't want to do that. So I stay up and I watch YouTube videos that I will not remember the next day. Or barely. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I know what I'm doing. Like, I don't feel great about it. I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, why, how did I hurt my shoulder laying on a couch? Oh, I was slouching in a weird way, wasn't I? And I just feel that, like, I know nothing that just happened was good. I know nothing. And I know I will feel better if I just go for, you know, my, my usual typical walks or jogs or runs or whatever, just to get outside and, fe- and move. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, right now, I'm going to dance with death. And I'm going to stare at a YouTube screen, and I'm not going to think, and I'm going to let all the pretty flashing lights do the thinking for me. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to talk with my wife. I'm not going to talk with parishioners. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to be here. And But there's things like that that we all do that we take, uh, uh, I don't want to say perverse as in, you know, like deviant, but like a perverse pleasure in, right? Like it's a little bit twisted that... I, I don't know. Like, it's a little bit twisted that, like, people binge on cable news. And they say it's being informed, but you're watching opinion pieces and you're just getting angry. Right? It's it's not it's not building, like, and so I think about that in terms of the church. And it's like, it is so easy. As a parish staff member, it is so easy to fall into gossip about other parish staff members, about parishioners, about priests. And I know it doesn't build up the kingdom in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not talking about venting, and I'm not talking about constructive, you know, conversations or trying to figure or getting counsel how to handle a difficult situation. I'm just talking about gossiping. And my heart knows it's not good, but it it gets me in with someone, maybe an employee that I don't really have an in with, and now it's like, boom. Yep. Here I am, and yep. we're standing. We're standing on the grave of someone's reputation, so that we can become better friends. Uh, yeah, this is our. This is the death impulse. 
The Matrix has ended. It's a new better help read from your friend Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about I'm a better help before at length. And we're going to talk about better. That's H-E-L-P again. Listen, better help can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start on communicating with one in less than like 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional online counseling done a securely online. You've, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts. Look, guys, God wants you to find from a healing God and wants you to be the person he created, he created you to be. And if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling, now is the time. BetterHelp is committed to um, facilitating great therapeutic um, matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And this is cool. Financial aid is available. So um, BetterHelp wants you to start um, living a um, happier life today. Go to their website, read all, all of the testimonies that are on there posted daily. And guess what, guys? Guess what? Go to betterhelp.com slash foxes. That's betterhelp.com slash foxes. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been, have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes. So if you go to better H-E-L-P, you will get 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Well, um, what was the name of that one episode we did where we called it um, Microdosing on um, Divinity or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like for me, a lot of that is like righteous. You, yeah. You know, because like, I mean, again, like yeah. going to like last, last week's episode, I felt like I was doing a... Not I, I knew I was pretty pissed, but I wasn't. I feel, I feel like I was doing an okay job of like showing like my my whole point was like people with the microphone who are traditional are being super huge douchebags right now, <laughs> and and, um, and have been for like a very long time. I didn't do a good job probably expressing that, or I wasn't as articulate as I could have been. But I felt like you did a really good job editing, and. I felt like I did pick out some chunks. You took I out, did pick out some you, I was like, I chunks. heard it. I was like, holy crap, this is because this is so much better than I. <laughs> I guess is why I thought it was good because I was like, this is way better than what came out of my mouth. <laughs> well, because because it's this is also what helps in the editing process is the conversation that takes place after we record. Yeah, and often those conversations, you are very clear with me, like. You know, I just kind of don't feel right about last episode. You know, I said some things and I'm like, all right, make a mental note and we'll see if we can trim it. And then, you, you know, like, or in the show, you'll make, you'll do a tangent where you end with, ah, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That went too far. And so I'll just be like, okay, uh, I'll notice, unless it's really funny, I'm going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, and I, think I know that's not what you meant, right? That's not what yeah. you meant. When you, when two people are sitting in their underwear, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to spoil it for you, yeah. but uh, the great and powerful Oz is sitting in his underwear right now. Um, but when you're sitting here and you have a microphone in your face and you're talking and you know an audience is listening, but the audience is not listening with you, right? And so we don't get that feedback. We don't get the, ah, okay, I went too far. I'll pull it back a little. Yeah. You know, you can't self-correct on a podcast once it's out there. That's why editing matters because you're not entirely yourself when you're just on a microphone. 
it's still a performance, even though we try the damn hardest that we can to say what we really mean. You can't, it's so hard to do like Joe Rogan. I didn't know this, but like before he has a guest that's never been with him, he invites him over for like hours before they sit down in the studio and they work out. They, you know, they do things that are Joe Rogan-y so that get you can COVID. get to know him. And they said he's very, he get COVID, uh, he takes ivermectin, it's fine. But you do these things where he lets you into his world and you let him into your world. And then you feel a little bit like, oh, okay. And then you sit down and talk for three hours. You know, so it's not a – that's why he – his show is better than most that are similar. I mean, I've tried to watch others. He's a comedian, but he, he gets people and how to draw them out in good ways. He's not trying to smash them. Yeah. You do know? You know, and he does a really good job with them. Do you know, so don't judge me for this. Actually, I don't care. Uh, but don't. You know what's funny? Anytime I say don't <laughs> judge me, I'm really talking to Matt Fratt. Even though Matt's been nothing but, like, I'm supportive. And I'm willing to tell me when he thinks I'm being weird. But I'm always like, Matt, don't hate me. Please don't ever stop. <laughs> if I lose you and if I lose I'm Sister Miriam, I've got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, well, I've got Gomer here, but he's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, he's not. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> um, he's stuck with me. So I got Sirius XM because I saw Katie McGrady. Say they on Twitter, like, hey, they've got a like a free thing for a couple months. I was like, cool. I've been I've been meaning to do it, so I've been listening to a bit to the Catholic channel. And my, are we better than a lot of other people? Anyways, um, sorry, a, a lot of other shows is what I really mean by that. Anywho, um, I uh, I've been listening to a lot of Howard Stern, <laughs> like a <Yeah>. lot, <laughs> almost at least once a day, if not twice a day, for forty five minutes, and. Um, he is a he, t- t- after having interviewed, let's say probably around, I'd say maybe a th- now probably about uh, a quarter or so of our shows have been interviews, but we've done a lot. Yeah, I feel like I have a bit of an inside, you know, an inside now how I like to interview. I feel, I feel like you know we we haven't done one in a while, but I, COVID kind of screwed with all that. But in our in our, our schedules. It hasn't really. It's kind of been my choice, but really, it's been more because of we just don't have a lot of a lot of availability. So, in my that's why I haven't sought like it out because it just feels like too much of a hassle, right? But I would like to get back to it at some point in time, and I've been fascinated. I don't like. I don't necessarily like how Howard just kind of jumps from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. But when he, I can tell what he's doing is like he is prodding, and he's trying to find that thing. That's interesting that you've never told anyone or you've never really dived into that much, and he's trying to get there because he wants to have an interesting conversation about a thing that's actually – that he knows is there and have you kind of unpack that a bit. But the crazy thing is he does hours and hours of research, so he knows all of these things, and he's just bringing up like a thing here, a thing there, a thing – you know, and just to kind of see where you're willing to go because he wants to go where you're willing to go that – in terms of – it seems like he wants to find where – what he thinks is interesting and where you're willing to go overlap. He's trying to find that constantly, constantly. Yeah. And I can tell he just does – and I'm like, I think I kind of want to do research now when I, I want to uh, – I believe I may have talked about, about this before, but I, I, I'm like, I kind of want to like have people on and maybe do a bit more research so I can be a little bit more prepared when I talk with them, which is crazy to hear me say that. Um. And 
I because it's just like I want to go deeper with people. I think, and it's it's we don't we're not able to do it. anyways. Uh, gosh, we're so off t- topic here. But why did we bring up any of this? You used to talk about Joe Rogan because what? Uh, the Joe Rogan thing was he spends four hours with his people in order to get them in that relaxed atmosphere, so they feel like they're telling the truth. They're they're not being you. You do your best to minimize. Uh, we're the talking damage about podcasts, that, and uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. A, a microphone and a camera makes you so self conscious. So you have to do these things. So for the interviewer, and there's a reason why Howard Stern makes like what? What is it like? Ha- he was given like half a billion dollars yeah, to, to move get on the saddle. Yeah. Now I never liked Howard Stern because of the E version. The E version, the E Entertainment channel it was all like softcore yeah, pornographic which, which stuff. is why i'm like shocked but like when he interviews people because i occasionally remember you you know you would change the channels you see howard interviewing um like a like a famous person that you might like and it used to bum me out because i'd be like isn't this softcore porn why are you on this but then i remember yeah. like i would watch that and the interview with the famous people was the most interesting was like but like it's it's totally he, i would say probably maybe about 10 to 20%, not even, actually 20% is way too high, but 10% of what I've heard from him, he gets kind of, I'm sexual, and I'm like, nah, and then I stop. But for the most part, it's not at all, at, at, at all. It's actually, like, kind of moving. Yeah. And, like, he made, um, he, inter, inter, um, we're, we're, we're doing the thing where we're talking about the craft of, the craft of podcasting again. <laughs> yep. But uh, we're so good at navel-gazing. Um you might as well call this thing, call this episode Donda. Um, uh, he interviewed, I was into an old interview where he interviewed the uh, woman who's fin- insanely talented. Her voice and her songs are incredible. Uh, her name's like Sia, S-I-A. He was interviewing her yeah, before Sia. she got big. Like right as she was, on the, right as she was, um, a releasing the one, two, three, one, two, three drink song. And so no one really knew who she was, but she was like hugely unsuccessful because she was a songwriter. Like she wrote the diamond song that, uh, that like Rihanna made big. So she's still a, like, she's a songwriter first. Yeah. And he starts going, Oh, like the song diamonds is about you. Like, it's not about like you and other, he goes, it's about you beginning. I'm sober and like, I'm a, and like, I'm finding yourself. And she goes, Oh my gosh! I think you're right, and she starts crying, and then like, oh. and she's and she's like legit. She goes, "How were you able to do that?" He goes, "I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of just saying what, just based upon like what we talked about and things I've, I've read about you. Like, you know, she was an addict and she stopped um, drinking and doing certain drugs and really like got her life together and like the diamond. He's like, that was you coming out the other side of that. And she goes, I think you're right. And she was like, she, you could hear her like. I could hear Howard trying to come up with stuff to say because she couldn't talk because she was crying yeah. so hard. And wow. I was like, that's incredible. What a wonderful thing to provide a person with. Now, again, it's Howard Stern. So I'm not saying like. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Something like that. Beautiful. That is beautiful. Does Rihanna get upset when she hears you sing that? Because in a sense, isn't it like pulling back the curtain? You see, I I didn't know that much about Rihanna. And I thought she wrote that song. Go, oh, my God, this chick is so hot because she's so deep. And then I find out you're the brains behind all that. And, and so 
you know, so then I fell in love with your version of it because you're the artist. You're the one who has that vision. And it's a sad song, isn't it? It, it makes See, me... See, I don't even know. It makes like, me sad. I've never analyzed. I don't really analyze my own work. Do you know what that it's about? Do you, or do you don't even Here's think about me. It? I was just like, I wrote it. I don't think she's bummed. She's like doing great. But I wrote it and it was just for me. I, I Then I sang it and I was like, this is great. It sounds like something that they would like, people would vibe out on ecstasy in, like I still call it ecstasy. Right. In like the dance tent at Glastonbury. Like, I just saw kids with their hands in the air or, like, in Ibiza, like, See, I thought it on was the beach. Like, I think even about your life. I mean, you you were so low because of uh, your illness that you almost killed yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's why I think of you as the diamond in the sky. Oh. And that you're shining bright now. I'm going to cry. Right? Isn't that it? <laughs> you're so nice. But you're shining bright like a diamond now. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> You're so sweet. I'm crying. <laughs> but, is it, but isn't that the beauty that you didn't kill yourself? I mean, you almost took your own life. I mean, how, how we would have lost out on this diamond in the sky. <laughs> I can't talk because I'm crying. That's good for ratings. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Thanks idea. for pulling me back there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, but, but uh, it, it got really bad. I mean, you called a drug dealer and you said, listen, give me two of everything. This is it. I'm doing it. That was in six months before I hit bottom. Like, that was when I was like, oh, this seems like a great idea. Two of everything. Try it. And, of course, the, the pharmaceutical heroin won. Yeah. So, and six months later, I was like, really? That's when I was so depressed I wanted to die. Oh, man. It's just so, it's, well, thank God for 12-step program, right? I agree. It, it does work. It works. And so, you, you know, I think out of all that misery comes a song like Diamond in the Sky. I don't think a happy person or a person who hasn't suffered could write a song like that with that much emotion. You can make me cry again. No, I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's terrible you have to go through that kind of pain to write a song. But I think it's very unique, that song. It's very special. Thank you. And you're very special. You really are. Thank you. All right, go ahead and cry. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you're so nice. Do you have children? I do. Yeah, yes. you're a good dad. I am? Yeah. I mean, of course Could I am. Could you tell them? <laughs> Could you mind writing them a note? <laughs> Let them in on it? <laughs> Hi, you seem very nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is a little therapy session. Speaking of therapy sessions. Yeah. It just, it, I was seeing. So she wrote a song. She wrote a song, and he interpreted that song to be about her own life. Yes. And her struggle with alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And she realized in that moment that that's that he what was right. it, 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 yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so funny. Can I just point out, like, that's so funny. Jordan Peterson was saying was something very similar because it, it was on art and creativity. And he said, the reason why the artist matters so much is because not even they understand with the, with the images and the symbols that they're playing with. And that's why you want an artist. You want an artist who isn't telling you a moral. They're telling you a great story. And in telling you a great story with great characters, all of a sudden, it becomes something compelling. You find out when you strip it down, it is attached to the archetypes of the Beauty and the Beast or the... Um, you know, the hero's journey thing. And he was like, the problem is when, when, when artists want to be direct and moralistic, it's just propaganda. That's why, you know, and I started thinking like, that's why Christian movies suck. It's because they're trying to be moralistic movies and they just become watered down propaganda. You I don't believe it's care what, Hans... what happens to the. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 
I was just gonna say, you don't care what happens to the to the protagonist. Because you know everything's gonna be okay, and you know that the suffering is not really gonna be real, right? Mm-hmm. And so what was what did Hanzaru say? I, th- I, bu- I think that this is either what he's trying to get. I haven't read I've this is only based upon an audiobook that I, I, I had listened to about Hans Urban, Hans Urban Balthasar and his commentary on these ideas. So I haven't read his stuff on this. This is just what people have, people who have um, uh, like analyzed his stuff and his, and his thoughts on these things. So take it with a grain of salt. But he has a, you know, he makes a distinction between the aesthetic theological and the theological, uh, the theological uh, aesthetic. He's talking about it's, it's it's the idea of like you want to you want the cross, but you can't handle the um, resurrection, or you want the resurrection, but you can't handle the uh, cross. So you let your um, you let your aesthetic inform how you view God or the world or your uh, only theology, as opposed to allowing God and the church to inform how you view the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's what a lot of Christian movies do, and why I think I find more value in Honest to God that five minutes of Howard Stern talking to uh, talking to Sia than in a lot of Christian stuff that is made because it's coming from it's actual in that like little bit of time a dude who's in like knee deep in like a lot of crazy sin. But who has this insane gift and talent and an earnestness to him, I think, as well. That is like, you know, like the good part of him um, strikes like truth and goodness. Like he finds he, he when he for that brief moment of time, he's hitting the true, the good and the beautiful. And he is like a revealing to this person like, oh, my gosh, like this is what you did. This is what like your pain and you're like being on the other side of that. This like this this like this like allowed you to create this this like you know like profound thing. So like coming from a, it's not him trying to do a profound thing. It's him just coming from a place where he ha- where he has the clarity to be able to understand that he's willing to go there. Then so like the true, the good, and the beautiful then informs what he is doing because he's and he's maybe he stumbled into it. Uh, 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 maybe he didn't, but. Um, that's why I think those things are more powerful than a, like than some film about a guy who coaches his sons, his sons like you know Pee Wee on a football team and you know finds God in the process. Because <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's this sort of um, and I, I don't want people to think I'm like, hey, everyone, stop! I'm listening to us and go go oh, listen to Howard Stern. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like this is an example of like St. Paul tests everything. Hold on to the good. Um, yeah. That while I was I'm listening to the show for his to like study his technique, I was it was just such a moving thing, and I'm like I, I don't yeah I I love you bring up that point that like when we tried when we tried to we try to force it it just feels like a propaganda because it's not it's not really represent it's just um, representing um I think it's what Benedict is getting at when he says. When you are trying to be charitable, but it's not rooted in truth, it comes across as a sentiment. Yeah. Because it's not grounded in reality or really anything real. It's just good intentions. Hmm. Which is, which is like, challenging for us because, I mean, sometimes, it, you know, I, I, I sometimes have to, like, 
trust my faith. And in reality, it's not me that I'm putting my, my trust in. I, 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 don't, that's, not, I don't mean me, but I mean like the faith that has been given to me through the gift of, you know, baptism. That I'm coming from this point of view. I believe this and I'm trying. And I felt really gross after last week. Not because of what I said, or kind of because of like what I said, but because I was just like, I, I think I brought this, brought this up before. A lot of times when we do the episodes that people tend to like, I don't feel good about. I feel good about our conversation. <clears throat> I don't necessarily feel good about like what I said because it's vulnerable and weird. And it was kind of one of those things where I'm just like, that may have just been too much ugliness. I may have crossed that line a little bit, and that's the danger of this stuff too is like is that um and i don't i don't i don't mean like voyeurism i actually mean uh like a thing where it's like i don't have as much as i have to trust that like my that like um like uh, um my um faith is there i also need to be aware that like my sin is there and i and it's very easy to confuse the two sometime, but I have to acknowledge that both and that both are there. Does this make any sense at all? Are we just nuts? You're nuts. I'm perfectly logical and sexual. <laughs> no, I mean I'm right there with you. It, like it's so hard to like you can't do real art unless you're suffering. It's just the reality. It's, if if. Reliant K has taught us anything. They haven't. It's that you need to be happy when the lead singer um, songwriter of the band gets dumped by his fiance because it sounds like he was cheating on her because you know the album's going to be good. And it was. Oh, no. He was cheating on her? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is not the Katy Perry one. Oh, he may have cheated on Katy Perry. I don't know. Uh, this is the. So I have a theory. Every other Reliant K album is actually good. Like the whole album. And so, like the one that everyone liked in college. I didn't really like it all that much. I thought it was okay, but I thought the first one was way, like, way better as a cohesive whole. And uh, I remember they did Mm-hmm, which I loved. I, 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 I grew into that album. Then they did, like, another one, which I was like, eh, which in hindsight isn't as bad, but it still wasn't great. And then the one after that one... I was like, I bet you this is this is I'm gonna be good. Then it came out as fiance. Uh, this his fiance dumped him. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great, and it was. Yeah. So our uh, Patreon supporters got a glimpse last weekend of what I was doing with my wife. Uh, the NASCAR race was on, and I took a photo of her watching the NASCAR race. I watched this this race, right, Luke? So it's an oval track. The week before. They had a road course where they had to make right and left turns and do all this stuff. And it was crazy because they put speed bumps on the course and people were like, like going airborne and bumpers are flying off because they hit the ground too hard. It was nuts. It was, it was a pretty fun race. Well, so this one, I'm watching it, right? I'm watching the race and it's an oval track and they do something that the cars have to go slower. They hamper the cars a little bit. So they have to go slower. Okay, but once you go slower, the the car the the course actually gets more dangerous because everyone is driving at full speed an inch away from the guy in front of them. Huh? And it is wild watching. It was I felt like I was watching a completely different race. 
than the previous NASCAR. It sounds like in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fascinating because physics matters. The science behind the sport matters so much more in these cases because what ends up happening is, like, I watch this car. So basically you have two lines of cars that are running almost parallel and, you know, cars, they're doing these huge banks and, you know, these really steep um, degreed curves. And they're all vying for first place, obviously, but they have teammates. And they're trying to jockey for position for their teammates. But not only teammates, but the brand of car you drive, it's Ford, Chevy, and Toyota. They also try to help each other, even though they have nothing to do with each other other than the type of vehicle that they drive. I don't know if they get bonuses, if they, you know, more Fords come in the top 10 or whatever. But at one point, these cars, I mean, they are an inch away. So these cars are going parallel, and there's a guy trying to go from one parallel line to the other and in order to get into first or second place. He saw an opening. He was trying to take it. And all of a sudden, his car just gets sucked backwards, like, like as if he hit the brakes. It gets sucked backwards. And, like, 10 cars pass him on either side. So he goes from trying to get into, like, second place to all of a sudden he's, like, 19th. And I was like, Shannon, what the hell just happened? And then the guy's voiceover, he says, people don't understand the extreme, like, wind, draft, and turbulence that sometimes you can ride right next to a car and catch a draft, and it'll propel you forward. But in this case, the wind, like, coming off of literally, you know, like, let's say four cars in the front and then all the cars behind him, just it produced this drag on his car that was like a, like a vacuum cleaner just sucking wow. him backwards. And it's, you're sitting there, and these guys are going 160 mile an hour, and all of a sudden this guy's going 140, and everyone's just like, fuh, 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 fuh. and you're like, what the hell just happened? And then, so the best part is, it's a fever pitch to get to that, for, you know, to get into first place. And in order to get into first place, you have to decide where you're going to be, like, 10 laps ahead, because you're, you're literally yeah. an inch away from the guy in front of you, like an inch. And then a guy makes a play, his bumper, he taps the guy in front of him. Mm. That guy just immediately goes totally sideways, and they wipe Ooh. out like uh, there was like a ten car pile up, and all of a sudden the dude who was in sixth, of like three laps to go or two laps to go, gets into first. He holds it. He goes around the track. He wins first. It's insane. He's like a really nice guy, and you know my wife likes him. Her main guy, Donnie D, Maddie D. Debita Deto. I don't know how you say his name. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. some guy. That, yeah. They're also friends on like Instagram. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah, and my wife is like, you see that guy? His car is owned by so and so. You see that guy? He owns three cars on the track. And my wife has this encyclopedic knowledge, and she goes, "Oh, you see that guy? That's the car that Michael Jordan owns. Oh, you see that guy? That's the guy that Pitbull owns. <laughs> and Michael Jordan's a co-owner with Pitbull." And I'm like, "What the hell is happening That's to this world?" Aaron like, is with is like happening? certain comedians. Like she's messaged uh, Michael Che a, a, a couple times, and it's like we have that coffee maker or different things like that. <laughs> she just like notices all these small things about them that she thinks are interesting, like him, Amy yeah. Bryant, or whatever her name is. I don't know. Uh, uh, but oh so, my so my wife, right? My wife says to me. Um, so she says to me, Mabel. Um, no, she said she's like, you know what? You know, with all the drama that we've been facing, I just really want to go on vacation. And we didn't, you know, the last time me and Shannon went on vacation together. We launched a global pandemic because we were in New York City in January of 2020, 2020. And uh, so we're like, why not reproduce that? Well, I found out that uh, the playoffs 
for NASCAR just starts. So that last track, the race that I was talking about, that's the end of the regular season. Hmm. So now it's in playoffs. I don't know what the hell playoffs mean, but it's playoffs. And uh, March of Madness. Um, And so I found out. So there's Texas Motor Speedway. It's about two and a half hours from here. And I was, and it's going to be about five weeks after my wife's surgery, so she should be able to go on a trip. So we're gonna, uh, hopefully, on Tuesday, she'll talk it over with her, uh, with her doctor to see if five weeks is enough, or do we need to wait the full six weeks? Yeah. And uh, maybe, 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 and this literally looks like the only weekend I can get away this until Christmas. Uh, it looks like that we might be able to uh, to do it. We might be. I might be able to take just me and her. Aww. No kids. Kids stay here, and we just go on a two or three day vacation. And I have to watch NASCAR the whole time. <laughs> That'll be. She'll. I'm telling you, there's something about when you do, when your spouse yeah. really cares about a thing, and you go and do it with them, even if it's not your thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool. It's cool. I wish Shannon cared about sex, so I could. I mean, I w- I'm willing to take that chance of go and do it with her, like just to try it out. Like I don't know, you know. <laughs> I'm willing though, Luke. I'm willing to. Oh, that's yeah. so. No, funny. it is. It is cool. It is cool. I love it because this is so not my thing at all. Everyone knows that. Like, if you could put sports in a thing and be like, Michael, it's either YouTube or all of sports. I'm like, adios, sports. You know, but if and of that, I think NASCAR would be the most dismissible of the major sports. But man alive, I think maybe because of its peculiarity in my life, I'm drawn to her love of it. Yeah. She's won me over, man. When you can like and when you can, I think with with certain things like that, when you can find the difference, like when you can start to find the marginal differences that exist within the sport that make actually all the difference in the world it's so freaking cool it is like it really like it it, it just like you can that's i think how you get into into stuff because you start seeing like oh like this this and this like because of this small thing that happened here that hadn't happened this whole thing would have been um different and now this whole thing is changing like i don't know it's just fun so um i have to pee so bad right now 